Welcome back to Space Cowboys, a Roswell, New Mexico podcast here on purefandom.com. Um, I am Liz Pru, joined by my co-host, Meg Bonnie. Hey guys, it's me, Meg Bonnie. How you doing, girl? I'm, you know, I'm doing. It's happening. I'm ready for aliens to come and take over, mm-hmm. but I'm doing. How are you doing? Same. Um, listeners, we were just talking about how you know the weeks are long but the weeks are long you know or the days are long (laughs) but the weeks are long you crushed it Liz you crushed that one yes um okay so let's just get into the stuff that I can maybe wrap my head around which is alien love cowboy drama yes um girl Hook us up with the synopsis so we can kind of refresh memories before we dive into this. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so on the verge of a breakthrough in her quest to save Max, Liz turns to Kyle for one last favor that could potentially land him in hot water. Michael and Alex's investigation into Nora leads them to a farm. That's, I don't know why that made me laugh, but it did. <laughs> to a farm. <laughs> to a farm. Where they meet a historian named Forrest. And yeah, that's what happened. Like, I feel like that's such a shortened, shortened, shortened synopsis for all of the things that unfolded on said farm and hot water, AKA a closet. And yeah, there's just a lot going on And like, they don't even touch upon Cameron and Charlie. I feel like we got a lot more backstory in Jenna Cameron when she. That was a bombshell. I let's okay. Well, we're going to dive into it guys. So let's just start there. What do you, well, we found out about the genome with Charlie. So she, you know, had some sort of genome where it could be weaponized, where you could target people with a certain genetic like structure and wipe them out with, out it being like, you know, this out in public thing clearly Mains wanted to use that to target aliens. But, like, why did she, who's after her? Because he said other people are after her, so are we going to get, like, some sort of another, like, military group that's after her, or is it, like, a non-military group? Like, more of, like, a privatized, some, he said something about that, like, a private group trying to weaponize something, and like I need FBI, to go back. Like, but not the FBI kind yeah, of Yeah, like, okay. I need to go back and watch that whole scene again because I feel like there was just so much information Mm -hmm. that was given to us by means and just kind of like conversationally thrown in there but like I don't know I guess I always assumed that Charlie was just you know just did something bad like you know maybe she was into drugs or like drunk driving or like something quote-unquote normal I did not expect that she's like another flipping genius who you know, was kind of dabbling in some, ske- not sketchy, but like more taboo stuff. Experimental medicine. Yeah. So I don't know. I was just, I was very surprised, but I thought that was really cool. And I feel like it just adds like another appreciation for the Cameron, like Jenna Cameron. I feel like we can't call her Cameron now because Charlie's last name's Cameron, but Cam and Liz, like their friendship, I feel like knowing what we know about Charlie now, like, it makes me think that, like, that Liz reminds Cam of Charlie. Yes. Because they have that, like, I got to do science stuff, you know, 
I just thought that was really neat. And knowing that Cameron was, Jenna Cameron was the one who turned her in and that, that kind of added another part to her whole guilt. And like, I don't know, I just assumed like, okay, well maybe like they don't have their parents around and she kind of took care of her. And like, that's why she felt so responsible. Not knowing it was like, okay, she was the one who turned her in because she was, you know, blinded by like patriotism. So I thought that was really cool just to get all that info on her and like how that's going to tie in. I don't know. Maybe that's that blinding light we keep seeing like Mimi and, and Cam- Jenna Cameron at the end. Like if you want to find people, just be like, do, 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 bink. Here's my button, you know? Well, here's, okay. So here's a little, oh, not a little, here's a big theory. And I'm kind of jump. You just made me think of this. See, this is the issue guys. Meg is so organized. She comes up with this great outline before every podcast. And I'm like, yes, okay, great, awesome, here we go. And then you start, you know, spilling all the deets and I'm like, oh, okay, so see my theories come out from your genius. So I apologize if I get off track here. But you don't have to apologize for laying it out. I wanna hear it, I love your theories. you girl. Okay, so what if all this stuff you just laid out, you know, about setting the, we set all of the um, stones, if you will, for like this next big like mystery, you know, outside of our aliens and all that, what happened with their parents slash maybe parents. We have this genome thing where, you know, it's regenerative or not regenerative. Um, you can target specific genes. We have Liz and she is an expert per se in regen, regener, regenerative medicine. <laughs> um, there's all these different kinds of medicines, right? Well, these aliens, you know, I, I'm assuming, and the show has kind of alluded to this, where they're from, that kind of stuff, snap of the finger, you know, we can do. The only reason our pod squad can't is because, you know, they weren't raised by their alien parents. They're just kind of like, we know with what we know. Um, what if, what if, what if those aliens, Kayla Ewell and Cassandra Gina Mel, Nora and Louise, that blew up in the farm or in the barn. Or no, Louise blew up in the barn. Kayla Ewell did not. Um, right. Nora, Nora was in. Not. Yeah, she Louise was in, blew up in the barn. What if Louise is alive? <gasps> That's what I was thinking. Yes, because she like this whole regenerative stuff. Like, you know, she could probably just regenerate herself. Like, I don't know. Or what if? that explosion from what they were building what if the power from that somehow protected her in a weird way from the explosion i don't know i just think because they were like you know first generation aliens they're not lost on this technology their children are because they don't and we're assuming you know louise was the mother of max and isabel or she wasn't the mother of max and isabel here's another theory for you guys um if they're as important as I know we know some some stuff from the books I won't get into but from what Noah has said in the show you know Max is very very important you know once because he said what was that line like once they find out you're here or something you know Mm -hmm. he's he's very significant which would assume that Isabel is as well what if Louise was is not their parents and was just protecting them because there's some sort of alien royalty and she's you know like some high-ranking um, royal official or, you know, what if she's like an army person in whatever 
the military is for aliens. See, I'm getting on all sorts of tangents here. But who knows what, who knows who she is, but I believe that she could maybe still be alive. I love that theory. And so I love, I love it. And you know how, like, I feel like they've dropped almost like a, a way to detect it this season. And I know we talked about this a long time ago before there was even a show about how the mythology of the books had them having smells. Well, now we know that. So when Liz and Max, snapping, Liz is snapping. She likes it. (laughs) She likes it. So when they were getting down, she's like, oh, you smell like rain. And I was like, of course he does. He's a cowboy. And, you know, he just like summoned thunder and lightning and it was fine. And then we heard it again when Alex was like, yeah, you know, that's what you smell like when you, you know, wash away all the, the grease or whatever you said. When you shower. And, yeah. And then, like, the barn smelled like it. And we know that, you know, whatever they were building exploded in there. So what if they're just, like, casually walking by someone and they're like, oh, you smell like rain. Or, like, Maria's just like, it smells like rain in here. And she's standing next to, like, some rando. And then it turns and it's, like, Louise. I feel like they have more of an ability now. Once Liz... And, you know, even Michael, because he was told he smells like rain. Um, once they kind of start talking about it and they're like, okay, all the aliens have a certain scent. We don't know if they all smell like this, but we know that, that our aliens on the show do. So maybe that's like a way they can kind of detect it, you know, at least get a whiff of them. They're just going to walk around sniffing everybody. Just kidding. <laughs> like, hey, what's up? Yeah, hey. Hold on, now I'm thinking, do I need to rewatch this, or did Louise, Louise wasn't taken out of the barn. She was, Bronson was shot, Smash Williams was shot, Nora was taken, Louise blew up, quote unquote, in the barn, correct? She wasn't taken to Caulfield. No, I don't think so. We don't know. I don't think we really saw what happens to her. I would love if she's still alive. Like, I think that would be a great thing. And I think a, a way that we could, you know, if she has aged, because it seems like once they're out of the pod, they're aging normally. Right. Um, so maybe she's in that home that Mimi DeLuca is in. Like, maybe that's like something. Maybe that's why Mimi DeLuca has some issues. Maybe, you know, she keeps getting mind wiped. And if this, if Louise is there and she has dementia or something, maybe she's not doing it right. And that's what's messing with Mimi DeLuca's mind. Oh. Like, I just feel like there's so many little ways they can pull these aliens into the now. I just don't well, want them to go away. Do you want to talk about what your connection theory is between Bronson and Louise? And oh, yeah, I do. Since so we're we- on it, I mean, We've been talking a lot about um, just how we think Maria has some sort of alien connection in her bloodline. And I really, really want Bronson and Louise to be like her great-grandparents. I don't know if it'd be great-great or great-grandparents. Well, I think that would be really cool to have that. I feel like she's got something. We've said that a lot with Maria. She's got something. She has some power. And the fact that she was able to like almost sense um, Isabel's pregnancy. It makes me feel like she has some sort of alien connection power or something. I think she's their granddaughter. I would love that. And that Mimi's her, because they made a point 
to have Louise and Bronson say they love each other before he was killed. And we don't know if she died or not. So if she, you know, if they had a baby, if the timelines map up, Mimi DeLuca. But she wouldn't have been born in 47. How well, old did they put her in a pod? They could have potted her. That's true. What because if, they had well, to put those pods potted. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. What if Louise, you know, threw herself in a pod? Or something. I the only reason I'm saying that is because adding another generation seems like it would be a lot, maybe. Like to say, okay, well, Louise and Bronson had birth to a baby, and then that baby gave birth to Mimi DeLuca. Maybe, you know, there's an easy way to go about it, but I'd be like, just we'll just say she was in a pod for a couple decades. <laughs> just throw her in a pod. And then she was I don't and then Walt, you know, Walt could be alive still somewhere. Oh, the little boy. You know, they made a point to call him out. So I'm like, okay, well, and before that, you know, in the previous episode, Alex and Michael were talking about how someone could still be alive. And then they talked about it again in this recent episode. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, wait, can we talk about one more theory before we get into all of the other, like, legit things that happened? No. No, it's over. We're done. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if you caught this, and I know like a couple people had tweeted us about it, that they think Steph is an alien. Because if you remember in season one, you and I talked a lot about that we thought, okay, so we know there's three pods, and Michael was in one, and we thought that maybe Max and Isabel might be in one together, and that's why they're so connected, and that would be leave the possibility of a third pod. We thought that was like Noah, but now we know Noah had his own, and he was like off doing his own broken pot thing. We thought it was, uh, so, um, what was our Alex theory? Why were we so hellbent on the Alex theory? Because I think we just wanted him to be an alien too. Because the cosmic fun. love thing, mm-hmm, the cosmic mm-hmm. love thing, and then the fact that he was left the piece of the ship too. Right. Like, I, we just, I think, wanted to weave them all together. Okay. Everyone's an alien. You're an alien. You're right. an alien. Um, so I would, I think it'd be really fun if Steph was the third alien. And I don't know how that would work, but that's why it's a theory. I say whatever the hell I want if, it's, if I say it's a theory. <laughs> you know, like, I, she had nail polish in her purse because she was painting her nails. We also know that people who have nail polish, acetone, it's like their jam, the aliens. Um I just really want him and you know, him being Kyle. I want Kyle and stuff to be like making out and him to be like, you smell like rain. And then we can go. Uh, yeah. Okay. I love that. Love that. Here for it. Um, do you think she is aware she's an alien or do you think she knows that something weird's going on with her and she's got to chug acetone? I think that she maybe knows way more about the pod squad than we think. And that she has access to like medical records and maybe has caught on like being in the hospital and her right. dad being in the hospital, maybe has caught on to some suspicious stuff happening. Do you think her dad's an alien? No. Or, no, no. She just adopted like the rest of us. Yes. Okay. So um, you just made me think of another thing that supports this theory. Uh, Sheriff Valenti talked about the acetone specifically 
with her son. So that's another, you know, that's another like link of conversations around acetone with him to keep it top of mind for him. Like, okay, oh no, it would take, you know, boatloads of acetone to kill you, yada, yada, yada. Um, And then, you know, she's making out with her. You smell like rain. Nail polish remover falls out of her purse. (gasps) Gasp. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it and good you know good on Sheriff Valenti for not being like every other bumbling small town sheriff or cop or whatever and every other sci-fi related show who's just like it was just an accident murder happens whatever it's fine he's and she's Sheriff like Valenti no of Roswell yeah no like she she's not taken she, she's investigating and I kind of like that she gets closer and closer and closer to it like what's going to happen if she finds out like what happens if people who aren't you know bone and aliens find out about aliens because they're all like we'll just keep it a secret it's fine but what if she finds out like then what I don't think she gives a shit other than the fact that did that have something to do with her husband's death you know like I think now she's driven by knowing for not for her job not to say that she doesn't love doing her job but for this particular Noah case there's there are personal motives behind this because it's you know she mentioned something about um Kyle looking into her uh husband his dad's death and so this is personal to her now because those feelings are starting to resurface I would imagine of when her husband died and she's like I'm not gonna let this happen again like I'm not gonna let this go unsolved again when I knew something shady was going on with my husband, now something shady is going on with this. You know what I mean? Like she's like mm-hmm. that disgruntled detective in an 80s movie, you know, that goes to the same diner and, you know, you know what I'm talking about? And has a weird accent. Yeah, yeah had a no, weird I'm... accent. You know, he's been jaded and he knows something's it. going on. So now <sighs> he's trying to do right. She's trying to do right. I don't know. I would totally watch an 80s movie with like, Cheerful auntie in a blazer with her sleeves rolled up, going into a diner and ordering like coffee with her weird accent that you just did because I can't replicate that. No, that's actually I, I can't take credit for that. That was my brother Jack's premise for Burger Town. The detective oh, nice. was, you know, and he would my my brother guys. Long story short, he did a short film series around that, so I can't take credit for that for that genius impression. Okay, now let's talk even more importantly about. Um, the epic, epic Kyle Valenti monologue to Liz. Not to say we didn't want Liz to get thrown some shade, but she needed to hear it and he needed to say it. And it might've been one of my favorite things ever said on the show. One of my favorite lines of dialogue. Some of my favorite lines of dialogue. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. I I feel like it wasn't meant to hurt Liz more is it just raises Kyle up like he has been her her everything guy like whatever she needed he was there and I liked that because he was always involved then but at the same time like now that we're starting to see like okay his little heart was also involved he's not just like in it for fun and like hanging out he is risking his job every time he is risking his little heart every time so I think it's nice to see him be like, no, you know what? We do everything for you because of you. And I love that because I love you. 
but like I have to put myself first a little bit here and I thought that was just such a good scene and you're right the dialogue was so good and the delivery could have been so jackassy but it was perfect it wasn't like listen you didn't want me so you know it was I'm looking at myself and I'm reflecting a little bit and this isn't healthy for me anymore it was good I was trying to find the exact quote, but I just, I remember some of the important parts where he says, I love being your rock, but if I am, all I'm doing is standing still. Like he's saying, you're not progressing me forward. You know, like you're not, you're not making me a better me. I'm just here for you to get you to where you want to be. It's not a mutual relationship for what they both want to get out of it. It was, again, I know we say this every time, but like this show is just so mature with, it's like, nope, we're cutting through the bullshit. This is how adults talk. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we don't have time. I love it. I do love it. And do you think that him and Steph are going to become a thing? Like, it, it feels very clear that that's where it's heading. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's good for... Kyle in particular, I can't really speak to Steph because we don't know much about her yet, but I do love her so far. I think with Kyle, you know, he, right now, he doesn't look at himself as someone to be fond over. You know, he fawns over in his own Kyle way, Liz, and he does that through doing whatever she asks. Um, This Max thing, you know, of course he wants to save Max just because he's, you know, a doctor and this is new and exciting but it's the right thing to do and he's proven that he's matured into a good guy but he doesn't think not that he's like I don't deserve to be fawned over but he doesn't look at himself as someone that could be until someone does like Steph and then he's like oh this kind of feels good I mean she complimented him twice you know like they had a very flirtatious flirtatious exchange and you know she said something about his muscles and then was like you know cutesy about it then she said something about how he's handsome and you know was cutesy about it and I think you know he kind of had a look on his face like surprised at how good that felt and right now he only thinks he can get that from one person and he's trying too hard to get it from someone that isn't in love with him right so so I think I think it'll be good and the fact that she's probably the fourth alien is even better (laughs) yes everyone gets an alien to love it'll be great yeah Speaking of aliens, we have to talk about Isabel and how she was just like, hi, I'm going to be the most amazing being ever and made it like her project to not only show Arturo how to do Instagram, I thought that was hilarious, Mm -hmm. um, but to reunite the family. And I think now that she's embraced her powers and she knows like, okay, I've seen what these powers can be used for when they're used for bad. She's like, let me just rock this out for like good. Let, let's let team good have a win. Let's reunite this family. And I loved seeing her talking to Rosa. And I know I've said I wanted them to be together, but I think it didn't occur to me like how different they are in maturity <laughs> until they were like talking. Yes. And I think they're going to be great friends. And maybe eventually once she, you know, Rosa kind of catches up to what age she should be ish. Um, Agreed. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. She's 19. It's a smidge creepy. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> yeah, and it's also, she was just like, 
too maternal. Like there wasn't the chemistry of yeah. when they were, you know, yeah, no, like Isabel was way too maternal with everything. So now I've decided that even though we haven't met her, we don't know anything about her. Um, I have two theories for who I would like to see Isabel, because we, we've been hinted at, and I think it's actually in the next episode synopsis that Isabel will find herself in someone else's arms, like unexpectedly. I, my vote is for Jenna Cameron, someone who, and we, we heard this hint before in the, the pre-season spoilers from Karina McKenzie's Twitter, was that someone who identified as straight would not at the end of the season. So I would like to think that that maybe is Jenna Cameron. And we don't, I feel like Isabel, aliens kind of wishy-washy, they just love life and whoever. Right. I would like Jenna Cameron, and I know it's weird because she's definitely like boned Isabel's brother. I would like them to be a thing or Charlie and Isabel, I think. Ooh. Would be fun. I'm here for it. I think seeing the banter between Jenna Cameron and Isabel and like Spike Buffy kind of sex would just be fabulous. Uh, yeah. I know. I know. Right. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Agreed. Sorry. My brain just went to that episode wrecked when they're just like oh, why was boning that? down a house. You know what? Cause you do as you do. Yeah. yeah. These are dark times. Okay. You have to just <laughs> let your mind go where it needs to go. Okay. Okay. We'll give everyone a couple seconds. All right, you're good. Okay. That was great. Mm -hmm. That was great. That was good times. Thanks, boo. Good, good times. So how great was that, though, to see Arturo with Rosa and then, like, Liz's face of just, like, appreciation, like, oh, my God, you did this and it worked. Because I don't think Liz really knew what Isabel was doing completely, you know? So, yeah, it was awesome. I thought it was amazing. And um, my fear now is things are going – you know, not incredibly well for Isabel because Max is not here, but she's, um, she's at like the perfect point in a show where you're like, oh, she's doing so well. You know, she's like helping people. She's doing all this stuff. Something's gonna, something's mm -hmm. gonna happen. And I'm wondering if it's with her powers, you know, she's becoming stronger and with, you know, more power comes more, more power, more problems. So I'm wondering if she like, I don't know. I mean, they, this episode was, you know, titled, what if God was one of us? And she, sorry, I should have said that at the beginning. And we double checked that before we even started the podcast, but I was too excited to talk about this with you. But with that episode title, and then having Isabel, you know, vocally speak her um, thoughts and, you know, uh, questions about about that she's becoming so much more powerful and she's able to control people's minds situations you know what if she starts to get a god complex and it's one of those thanos type situations where she's not i mean yes you know thanos was evil but you understood why he was doing what he was doing which is what made him such a great villain so it might be kind of fun to see isabel step into this role of you know no we are Maybe we are better than humans. You know, maybe we, because we can do all these things that they can't. So it doesn't matter, you know, and she'll start to use these situations like, you know, I, I can either give you a good experience, you know, hence Rosa and Arturo and Liz, 
or I can take it away from you. You know, that's in my control. And that can give, that can give people like a God complex. And what if Max comes back and he, you know, we've talked about how Max could potentially come back and be so powerful that things that once concerned him don't anymore. And like that little bit of like humanity starts to go away because he's so like elevated with his alien knowledge and powers. What if him and Isabel feed off each other on that? Like, I don't know. I just, I, I think that would be an interesting thing to see because this show is so much based on the foundation of humanity. What is right? What is wrong? We do things because it's the right thing to do. Um, and that would be a challenging character development. You know, do you still believe that when you're like all powerful, almighty God? Mm-hmm. Do you still think that way? I don't know. Do you think that, so we saw that Max like opens his eyes at the end and kind of like has a surge in the pod. Do you think that because Isabel is getting so much stronger that that's what's actually making Max stronger because of their connection? Ooh. Do you think he'll have like that same kind of vibe when he comes out, like ability-wise? Oh, man. I don't see why not, right? Do it. Put it in the books, guys. That's Just fine. I don't, you know what? Sure, hun. <laughs> I think so. Sure, honey. If only it worked like that, right? I know. We'll just speak it into existence. Yep, sure. While we're at that, then, Malix, Malix, uh-huh. Malix. I do think I'll- so, though. Yeah. Yeah, that would for be sure. Cool. Yeah, and, the, and they've been talking about how she's, you know, they've been reiterating she's been getting more and more powerful. And she has. We haven't seen her. We didn't see her, like, throwing up or anything after. Right. I mean, she could have. And- Look at how he was in such a, you know, when we saw him, like, I'm in so much pain reaching out to um, Rosa Mm -hmm. in her dreams and thoughts. That was when Isabel was in a weakened state. You know, she was having, like, alien morning sickness. She was, you know, going through a lot physically. So Mm -hmm. that kind of makes sense that he would be stronger when she's stronger. Um, True dad. Can we talk about Malik's? Let's talk about Malik. Okay, um, so they worked together. They were, like, sitting so close, and, like, I realize it's a camera thing, but also it's, like, <laughs> I want to, like, crawl inside your skin and love you forever sort of thing. Like, they were so freaking cute, and, like, I love that them going to the long farm and investigating together actually, like, let them talk about some of their issues and how – Alex was like, I don't want to be another Mains man holding you back because we found out that Trip was a Mains man. Mm-hmm. Like, fucking Mains. Jeez. I know. You know? Which was not surprising. We kind of suspected that. I think, yeah, we originally said that 100 years ago. Um, but I, I, it was so nice to see them working together. And I know that we've heard about Forrest, that dude at the Long Farm, the historian who's like doing a bunch of research. Um, he's a along too I think he's Wyatt's cousin Mm -hmm. so I'm really curious to see how he is going to fit into this love triangle square thing that's going on because we've heard that he's going to hook up with Alex but he's kind of more connected to Michael at this point because they bump into each other at the library so Mm -hmm. we're going to see some stuff's going to happen but I was really happy to see them working together yes because I love them well and I love that it's you know Alex is being a little bit more vulnerable and I think that's helped Michael process his 
um, thoughts about being hurt by Alex, you know, like he's kind of, he's seeing insight into Alex's pain and is, you know, that's got to, that helps level things out a little bit between lovers. And who knows, maybe, you know, they've talked about, you know, Alex's journey is so much rooted in not wanting to be like his dad or now his ancestors. We don't know anything about Alex's or Michael's dad if they even have dads, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, aliens are like asexual and they can like reproduce. I'm just assuming, you know, maybe. Not our aliens. They what? are sexual. No they way. Are sexual. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. Duh. We did see this with just Isabel, but what if they can reproduce as well asexually? Who knows? Um, but I think, you know, we don't know that Michael's dad was all that great. I think he's the dude who like touches Nora on the shoulder and like, she's kind of like, Oh, fuck. Right. And like sets or that was Noah. Ugh. No, I think he was like an underling. I think we decided he was like mm-hmm. some piss boy on the ship. And yeah. I want Michael's dad to be more villainous because I feel like that would give them more in common too. Totally. Alex and, and Michael. Like, hey, you know, Alex being like, you know, hey, just like me, like you don't have to be like him. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be like our, our dads or whatever. So, okay. Do that. Okay. Um, well, a lot to break down. Should we tell the listeners what we have in store for them before the next episode this Monday? Um, yeah, so we are going to be chatting with all aboard the Travino train, Michael Travino. So we're going to chat with him about Kyle Valenti and why Kyle Valenti is amazing. Um, so if you have any questions, send them to us on Twitter. It's Mm -hmm. at pure underscore fandom. We are so excited. He's so cool. We got to talk to him in Atlanta in March. So that was exciting. So we get to dig in a little deeper. Early March before shelter in place and social distancing guys. Like right before, maybe it was the end of February, but yeah. Um, So that was cool. And now that we've, we've seen more of his character this season, it's going to be really cool to talk to him more about it. So Mm -hmm. we're very excited. Send us your questions. We can't wait. He's the best. Super awesome guy to interview. So make sure you, um, you tune in. All right, guys, always, this is, you know, one of my favorite parts of the week. I appreciate you. Hashtag samesies. I love it. And guys, like, you know, keep on keeping on. Stay home. Wash your hands. Mm -hmm. Watch aliens. Obsess. Theorize. Tweet us. We're here for you.